thank you so much, Jade, for being with me today on the Wave Capital's guest speaker series on relationship building in a team environment. You're the 26th guest of mine, 26th episode. Thank you so much for being with me here today. That's awesome. I love this for you, Garrett. The 26th episode, that is a testament to you and what you've put into this podcast and what you're creating and building. And I'm thrilled to, to be a part of it with you here today and obviously wish you the very best as you continue down this journey. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. What does relationship building mean to you, Jade, in your own words? Well, I think relationship building is really life when you think about it, um, because the one thing that can be consistent all through our life on the different parts of our journeys are the relationships that we forge along the way. And I think what's really interesting about that process is that life isn't linear, right? Like so often we set a goal for ourselves and we think, this is where I want to get to. But the path in which you actually navigate towards that goal may look pretty different in retrospect than the way you think it looked when you first set that goal. And part of that are the relationships that you have along the way. And maybe they take you on a slightly different turn, or maybe your goal wasn't great enough or grand enough. And it's someone who's a mentor who says to you, well, Garrett, what about this idea? And what if you did this? So I think relationships are the, the way that we carve out our journeys and that they really are impactful on not only where we get to and where we grow to, but also who we become along the way. Yeah, I totally agree. And it really does shape a person's life no matter who you are on your journey, your professional life and your personal life. And you definitely need mentors, you know, people who could be a consistent sounding board for you and help you, you know, formulate your decision-making skills where you can make decisions yourself and always be there for a listening ear. And it's just allowing, you know, it's human nature to allow for uh, people to be in your life and to be able to shape your decisions, but you're going to ultimately be your own decision maker. But it's always so special that you can incorporate you know, family, friends, colleagues, uh, people, you know, who are a part of your everyday life. So I really uh, believe that to be the case. And so when you think about based upon what you've uh, described, when you think about like, you know, growing up in Massachusetts, I, I read that you were, um, you love horseback riding and yeah. <laughs> that you know, your faith is so much important to you. Did you, before becoming a sportscaster, think that maybe I would spend a lot of time, you know, following, you know, my faith and seeing where that leads or, you know, professional horseback riding. I'm just curious, like where it all began for you. Yeah. I think for me, um, as a kid, I so I always loved sports. I grew up in a sports-loving household. Um, it was just part of the fabric of my childhood, right? I mean, so my great aunt was a huge baseball fan, and I spent a lot of time with her as a kid. She was a fixture in my household. I spent every Saturday with her, and oftentimes, you know, in baseball season, 
the Red Sox game was either on like the small little black and white TV in her kitchen or more frequently it was on the radio. I mean, I grew up listening to baseball on the radio, which is a total throwback. I think my kids would be like, wait, what? Like, (laughs) you know, I've had conversations with them in the car, like just, just close your eyes, picture it, listen to it on the radio. And they're like, oh, this is weird. Cause you know, we're just in the different, different era where a screen is multiple screens, not just a screen is in front of us. Um, but, but my great aunt Anne was a huge baseball fan. She, she would kind of laugh and say with a twinkle in her eye, Garrett, that she begrudgingly became a Red Sox fan when the Braves left Boston because she was a big national league baseball fan. Um, and you know, I, gosh, I watched football with my mom and dad and hockey and bat. I mean, we watched everything, you know, my dad, my dad, loved NASCAR, which you don't hear that often in the Boston area. Um, so golf, tennis, all of it. So it was just a huge part of my life. Um, and I always knew on the professional side that I wanted to do something that incorporated writing and and speaking. Um, it was just, it just always struck me that that was where my talents are. Um, those were the classes that I liked in school. Those were you know, when it doesn't, when it doesn't feel like work, right? Like that's what, that's what I try to say to my kids even, right? Like you want to discover the things that you love and that you're curious about and that you want to lean into and do day in and day out. Because when you do that and that's your job, to me, you're winning every day. Like that, that is the definition of winning. So I knew I wanted to sort of combine those two things and, um, I was a political science major in college and sort of leaned into the news side of things. And it was always like, why she, she, she's always hanging out in the sports department. Like maybe she should try sports. And, um, you know, and then I just had an opportunity when I joined NBC in Philadelphia um, to, to join their sports department. And I'll never forget um, one of my bosses on the interview said to me, well, do you think you can ask the tough questions inside the Eagles locker room? And I remember looking back at him and saying, well, if you can ask the tough questions in the mayor's office, I'm pretty sure you can also ask the tough questions in the locker room. Because to me, television, media in general, right? Like we're in this new phase of media where it's not all broadcast, which is what it was for so long. Um, it, it It's more about the 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 process than the content like as long as you know your stuff which is crucial to any profession um and you're hungry and you want to keep learning then it didn't matter to me like you know are you talking news are you talking sports are you talking stocks are you talking finance like it it, like once you understand the content that you're talking about you can apply the skills that you have to any one of those mediums it's so true. It's so true. And, you know, our skills as journalists are transferable in any industry, you know, yes. and everybody relies on our attention to detail and or details and mm-hmm. the ability to research and the ability to fact check and, you know, holding people to their word. And, and, and it's all about accountability and right. being accountable, especially in a team environment where everybody, you know, plays a role and everybody's a part of a team. And, you know, when I think back to college at, you know, UNC Chapel Hill, and I was a part of a news team at our college television station, our professors, you know, they preach that, you know, it doesn't matter whether you stay in journalism or you go into another profession. At the end of the day, it's all about 
working in a team environment and working amongst yourselves to put out the best you know product possible and in this case it was a it was a broadcast you know you have your reporters you have your producers directors anchors you know technical you know people who you know lighting you know people using <laughs> helping set up the tripod and you know making sure you know all the audio levels are correct so you know you just remember those times and it's like as you get into your professional um get on your professional journey and then you experience like every step of the way it's like you're building on your skills and you're building on your you know your resume of um experiences so you know when i think about for someone like you i mean you reached you know the pinnacle of our profession being a sports center anchor but you're known for you know so much more than that i mean you're a mom you know again you're a faith-filled person um, you, you know, love things outside of sports. Again, I, I referenced the horseback, you know, riding, you know, interest that you have. So, um, you know, when you think about those experiences, were, the, were there certain things that you remember or certain things that were said to you, you know, a colleague or somebody who just gave you really good piece of advice? I mean, what are things that have stood out to you that have helped shape you? Yeah, I mean, I certainly think about um, the late, great John Saunders, and I don't know if you crossed paths with him. Um, with him. Yeah, he, I yeah. mean, what a blessing um, John was, I think, to pretty much anybody that he crossed paths with. And I was super fortunate and grateful, you know, to be among those that could call him a mentor. And I, like every phone call or meeting or text exchange I was just so grateful for um but you know I often think about our conversations when we would speak about first of all what a privilege it was to be able to go to work every day and not feel like it was work right I mean there's there's just such gratitude involved in that idea um and then I also I, I really vividly remember a conversation with him just talking about the importance of being well-rounded, which is part of what you were sort of getting into just with the fact that like one title doesn't define any one of us. Um, yes, like I'm an ESPN alum and hosted SportsCenter and told feature stories for Sunday NFL Countdown. Um, and I'm proud of all those achievements but you could never put me or anyone else in a box and just say, this is what this one person has done. And this encapsulates that entire person. Um, that would be pretty sad, right? Cause we are all so multifaceted. And I remember having this conversation with John just about the importance of being well-rounded and being able to be a team member that can contribute in a variety of ways. Um, and for me at ESPN, that was something that I had always loved telling feature stories throughout the course of my career. Um, and that wasn't something that I did initially out of the gate at ESPN, um, but it was something that I wanted to do. So we had conversations about, okay, how, you know, how do I chase after this? And what are the places, you know, who are the people I meet with? What are the relationships that I forge to try to find these avenues that become streets that I can walk down to, utilize this storytelling ability, this feature writing ability that I have. Um, so that's something that has definitely, you know, stayed with me. Um, and I think it also is a part of what we were saying before in terms of our paths aren't linear and you don't know 
the way in which you're necessarily going to get somewhere and your relationships along the way are so helpful. And, and part of that is within like the journalism world. I think we all know the, the different aspects that go into team building on, you know, a, a broadcast, for example. But I think outside of that world, because it's so behind the scenes, if you will, people don't realize it. Like all the different activity that has to go right. into you know, putting a show on television, there's so many different pieces. And if everybody isn't on the same page, it, it's not going to be the same show, right? Like if I'm sitting there working on a lead, um, you know, something that I'm going to read to set up a story or a highlight, for example, it's so much better if I'm working with the producer on what the graphics are going to look like. And if I'm working with the director in terms of where on the set it's going to be, because if you put all those pieces together, you have a much greater chance of that being a 10 out of 10 in terms of execution, as opposed to if everybody's just in their own silo and putting their own spin on it. And then it is probably going to be more like a five. So I think that th there's a lot of those pieces that translate, but, some, but sometimes in the world outside of, of journalism and television, the, the translation doesn't quite happen because it is so, you know, inside baseball, if you will. And when you think about in addition to sports, what other interests have you thought about or have you wanted to pursue uh, other revenue streams perhaps you know for your family or just doesn't have to have a monetary component to it it could just be a hobby or something that you know you really enjoy when you put your journalistic skills you know and apply them on a daily basis what are other trends or what are other things that you like to follow and you know study up on yeah so uh, so this year I launched my own podcast with Sports Spectrum. It's called Transformed with Jade McCarthy. And that those are conversations that are just really near and dear to my heart. Um, I love that I get to use interviewing skills and chat with people, which is just something that I've enjoyed forever. I mean, <laughs> my entire life, I think. Um, and I get to do it in the sports arena, but I also get to bring faith into the conversations. Um, and that's that's really special to me because, you know, it, it's, it's part of who I am and I like being open about it. Um, and it's, it, it just feels like it's been on my heart to be open about it. So I liked that I was able to take that step forward and do that. Um, and, you know, and candidly, like, I mean, I have four kids that I'm raising and I love that I can say to them, you know, Hey, I had this great conversation with Alabama quarterback Bryce Young's father about the way in which he raised his son, which involved faith and was something that was very important to their family as well. Um, and and I love that I can can say that to my kids, like, hey, look at look at this guy. He's on the field playing for Alabama. He won the Heisman last year, and look at all the different sides to this person right? Like he is not just the guy standing on the field. And that's part of what I love about sports, Garrett, and always have, and why I've been drawn to those feature stories is because it shows more of a whole person instead of just the player who's on the field or on the ice or skiing down the mountain, whatever the case may be, right? 
competing exactly competing in an arena on a horse like there's like all of those things and 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 I've just always loved those stories so for me transformed feels like a chance to tell some of those stories and share them in a way that I hope is impactful and meaningful for people as they go through their own journeys of transformation, which life really is like, it's all about growth and transformation. And I'm passionate about that topic. Like I just, it's one of those things that I'm insatiably curious about. So I love to be able to feel like I'm constantly learning through the process of telling those stories. And transformation is a very personal experience because you know a lot of people transform but they transform in a lot of different ways and I think that you know when you look at somebody's you know growth you know their maturation and their ability to you know learn along the way and you know show a lot of different emotions based upon the experiences that shape them and it's such a personal but it's also such a inviting you know feeling because if they're willing to share and open up and, you know, for people like you and me who always have questions and, you know, can't get enough of, you know, just the content and just, you know, wanting to learn. And that's just as us as, as journalists, you just you just want to get to the, you know, to bottom lines, but you just never want the story to end sometimes, even though that every story, you know, comes to a conclusion. But in other ways, I mean, our life is one big story and it's it's full of people and it's full of relationship building uh, and it's full of you know team environments not just one and sometimes they overlap too so you know when you think about you know a great example chase young i mean talk to me about what that was like to i mean not just what you've described of going through the process of doing that um interview with, with his father but you know, what is that like when you're, you know, getting to get a glimpse of or a snapshot of what another person has gone through? Um, you know, what, what type of feeling does that does that give you? Well, I, I think the the heart of all of it, and we've certainly seen this in the world um, in recent years, is vulnerability. Because when we're vulnerable, then we one can help people so much more. Um, and two, we wind up helping ourselves through that process because it's very easy for all of us to, to put up walls and, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Or, you know, how often do you walk by someone in the hallway? How are you? Right. And the canned response is, I'm good. Right. I mean, or how often do you feel like someone has walked by you and said, Hey, how's it going? They're not really asking to get an answer, right? right. Like they're, they're just, they're asking because it's become a colloquialism in our culture. Um, but I think that when we really peel back those layers and allow ourselves to have those those conversations about how we want to transform as a person or how we want to help somebody else transform as a person. Um, you know, whether it be a, a child, a spouse, a friend, right? Like we all have these relationships where we see people go through good, bad, 
you know, easy, hard, like there's seasons to everything. Um, and so I think that when we really start with vulnerability and we're willing to share, um, that is a huge difference maker. And, and what I like about the space of, of transformed my podcast is that, um, it's, it's more than three minutes, <laughs> you know, we all know like three minutes for a TV story can, can sure. be an eternity. Um, and you can get a lot in there because, uh, you know, I've obviously done it, um, and, and did it for a really long time. Um, but, but you can dive a little bit deeper into sharing more of the moments in a podcast than in, you know, in a television story, that's, that's going to be a little bit shorter. Um, but I, I find that it's the people who are willing to share, um, that have the stories that really create the most impact. They do. And communication is everything. And I think that when you think about, you know, our world and all the things that are happening and, you know, really a breakdown of communication can cause a lot of pain or heartache or, you know, things that you hear about in the world and all the sadness and all the, you know, the, people of isolation walks of life right? right isolation and people being at you know odds with each other you know when you think about just our world and it definitely needs a lot of healing i would say in so many different ways i mean are you one to read up on the news outside of sports on a consistent basis i mean is it something where you prioritize and something you talk about amongst, you know, friends or colleagues or family? Yeah. I mean, I, I like to be well read, I guess. It's just part of who I am and kind of has, have always been. Um, but what I would also say is that I, I feel like in terms of the voice that I want to have is to be, a voice of positivity and a voice right. of, you know, change for the, the greater good change for the better. And so that, that sense of positivity is what I try to, to share, right? Like it might be hard right now, but think about what it could be, or maybe you, you know, I, like, maybe you feel like you're waiting on that wave to come, right? Like I recently posted something along those lines. Um, keep waiting, like it'll come, <laughs> you know, keep working, keep working towards it, like keep paddling. So I, I feel like for me, I really want to share things in that, in that positive, patient light with other people who feel like, maybe their season is challenging or maybe their season is so great right now that like the waves just keep coming and they're flying high and they feel like it's never going to end. And maybe, maybe like they're tired because like you can't catch your breath, right? Like there's all those different seasons that we go through. Um, but, but for me, like trying to find that, that positivity, and patience and gratitude um, through all of that is is the voice that's really important to me to share. 
Yes. And I'm the same way as well, because I grew up, you know, with a strong, you know, Christian faith and, you know, you know, my wife, her family, my family, you know, our family combined. I mean, we're all faith filled and, you know, we do rely heavily on our faith to get us through best of times or the the challenging times, you know, and we're all going to go through our obstacles and, you know, difficulties, but it makes you stronger, you know, yes. and I had a professor or teacher in high school who I still keep in touch to this day. He was one of my first mentors, you know, outside my family, one of my first mentors. And, you know, he said that, you know, I have the perseverance necessary for the long haul. And I've, that's always stuck with me because, you know, when you have a mentor or a teacher that even recognizes in your teen years in high school, that you are built for the long haul, it, it, you know, teachers, especially, you know, when they teach, you know, kids and they made it their life's work to, to mentor and to teach, you, they, you know, see things that we might at that time not have been able to see in ourselves. Sure. Sure. And it really, you know, opens, you know, the realm of so many or the realms of so many different possibilities of all the different positive paths uh, that you can take. And I think that, you know, if it wasn't for, for him, his name is Bob Bradshaw, Mr. Bradshaw. He's lived like a remarkable life. And, you know, and I think that, you know, I hope for a lot of people's sakes that they have a Mr. Bradshaw in their life. And I'm sure you you have one too, where, you know, they are just always a source of, you know, positivity and inspiration. And they, you know, they talk to you about so many different topics and they make you think and they make you like, you know, challenge or question and, you know, really help you form your identity. And I think for, for him, you know, especially, so has there, was there a person in your life, you know, early on, it could be a family member um, or a non-family member who felt like family where you felt like that was your first, you know, experience of a mentor and, and did it shape you? Uh, yeah. A hundred percent. The, the person who comes to mind for me is my godfather. Um, and my, you know, my dad had, um, came from a, a big Irish Catholic family and picked a non-family member, um, to be my godfather. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful because he, he has been a lamppost in my life, um, really all along the way. I mean, I remember being a kid at like when I was really little, you know, he would like take me to the zoo and stuff like that. And lo and behold, like, I didn't know this, but when I was young, he moved from Boston to New York. So he would take like the overnight bus from New York to Boston to spend the day with me on Saturday. I just learned this in recent years, like I, I through a conversation with him, like I never, I never knew that um, because it wasn't something that he was going to share. Like it was just something that he was going to do. He, he felt like it was a huge honor to be asked to be my godfather. And it's something that he has really taken seriously. And I remember my dad, as I was like, you know, 12, 13, 14, looking at me and being like, you know, Jade, there's so much that you can learn from him and, you know, and just sort of encouraging me 
Um, And I'm sure there were times when I go, okay, dad, and, you know, roll my eyes because that's what 12 year olds do um, at times. But as I got older, um, I really developed a stronger relationship with him. And then my dad passed when I was 20. um, And we call him Tio in my house. Um, Tio. That happened. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but Tio really just, um, like I said, he's been a lamppost, um, you know, all along the way. And, you know, I remember like all through college him, you know, oh, I have this huge paper and he'd, he'd take a read and look at it and we'd have so many conversations and just all different things along the way. And, and he's still a huge part of my life to this day. And he is a very faithful person. Um, and he has certainly encouraged me in that direction. Um, and, and I have seen him serve so many people throughout the course of his life. Like he just, he plants seeds wherever he can. And he, doesn't put him upon himself to make sure those seeds grow. That's not his doing. That's not his ability. All he can do is plant the seed and maybe it'll take off. Maybe it'll be when he might think it will, and maybe it'll be 10 years down the road. But the important thing to him is just that he's planting those seeds. And I'm, I'm so grateful that, you know, my parents chose him to be a part of my life. And I'm so grateful that he has continued to be a part of my life. He's become a big part of my husband's life. Um, you know, they have a great relationship and, you know, my kids, my kids, you know, Tio, Tio, like they, you know, they, they don't see him very frequently. Um, but they know that we're often on the phone with him and he sends them, gosh, like I think about the pandemic, Garrett, like right. he, he was, online trying to find you know ways in which I could help keep my children reading and doing different things along the way and the process of homeschooling and all of that stuff so he's just he is a wealth of of love and wisdom and encouragement um and so that's that's really like the mentor that comes to mind for me you know when you when you ask that question and yeah, how did he fare during the pandemic? And what was his perspective? Was part of the, you know, the words of encouragement. I mean, is he somebody who is very, I would imagine, introspective about, you know, just life and the things that can pop up. And I'm sure he may have had some really good advice as we were going through a once in a lifetime pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think he was like everyone in the sense that he's human and it, you know, it certainly rocked everybody to some extent. Um, But he, he also does take such a long view of, of what we all go through. Um, And so he tries to be that positive voice along the way. And, um, you know, he, he's, he's very quick to point out, like, you, you have to be grateful for the certain things that you do have. And you have to recognize that, you know, when problem A is solved, all of a sudden problem B moves into the problem A slot. So, right. <laughs> so, um, so I think there's, there's a lot of that. And, and he, he definitely leans on his faith. Um, and that is something that, that he's taught me. And I, and I think it's so true in the sense of, 
you know, I, my husband and I say a lot at home, you know, more is caught than taught. And I think that that is very true. And, you know, another way of saying that in the relationship world is, you know, who do you want to be in two, three, four, five years? And who are you surrounding yourself with? Because the people that you choose to surround yourself with are going to have an influence on who you are becoming, because that's, those are the voices that, that you're hearing. And those are the, the influencers in your life. So like, what are, and it's not just people, like it's, what are the different things that you are like consistently putting into your mind? What are you filtering through? You know, when you pick up your phone, as we all do a zillion times a day, right? Like, what is it? What is the app that you're going to? What is the thing that you're spending time on? Because all that stuff is going to have an impact on who you are growing into and what you are spending your time on. It's so true. And, and having to filter through a lot and focusing on just the positives and not being you know, caught up in the, the minutia, if you will, of you know, just what is negative or a distraction. You want to be able to just focus on positive and always becoming a better person than you were the day before and improving and keep moving forward. And it seems to me that, you know, you know, family is a big part of your life. And, you know, as, as you, you, know, you talk about your husband and your kids, you know, how have you as a professional been able to balance your life, you know, the professional Jade and then the personal Jade. And, you know, you talk about the influences, you know, of people's conversations and the people around you and, how they can shape you and, and you always use the word shape because everybody is like you know you can look at everybody like a piece of clay and then as they get older and as they you know grow more wiser and become more mature like you're 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 like that raw clay that you know continues to form and to take shape so yeah, how have you been able to you know balance the professional and the personal sides of things yeah i think part of it is just the recognition that balance is an illusion. <laughs> um, it just, it just is. I mean, there's constant give and take and ebb and flow. And mm -hmm. I think that the more, I think the more that we recognize that particularly in marriage, um, when you have kids is, is really important. You know, I, I, I have a, a podcast, um, that will release, later this month with um, with John Gordon and his wife, Catherine Gordon. They're, um, you know, best-selling authors and well-known speakers. And um, and we talked a lot about that. Just, you know, they, they wrote a, a book together called Relationship Grit. And so much of it is understanding that there is an ebb and flow to to relationships and to growth, right? Because like when I think about my husband and I like trying to balance our kids and our professional growth and different opportunities, um, there's, there's a give and take to it, right? Like when I had the opportunity to come to ESPN, um, he, he chose to not stay with the company that he was with because it would have meant going to Manhattan all the time. And while that was manageable, um, we felt like, well, we have, 
an almost one-year-old and we both want to be commuting basically an hour all the time. And so he, you know, we, we collectively decided that's probably not what we want for our family. Right. Um, you know, everybody's choices are different and that's totally fine. Um, and so he found something that didn't require that type of commute. Um, you know, so it's, it's a give and take. And I think the more honest you are with yourself, um, and then, you know, those people who are immediately around you or the team with which you're working, um, in a business setting, I think the more honest you are about what your vision is and what your goal is, then the greater chance you're going to have at taking steps towards it and succeeding, because you know that there are going to be times when it's not easy and you have to get through it anyway. Sure. But if you're clear on what you're working towards and why that is what you're working towards, like why that is what you value and why you have made that your goal, that will help you get through those times. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, the best business decision you can make is who you marry and <laughs> our former colleague who is a friend of mine, Lou Holtz yeah. had said, and I interviewed Lou. He was our, he was my first guest on my podcast. And, you know, I've heard numerous people, you know, tell me that, you know, that, you know, it says a lot when you put so much time and effort into making a relationship work and it happens to be the most important relationship other than your relationship with God, but mm -hmm. your relationship with your spouse. And, you know, when I think about my wife and I, we're very faith filled and, you know, we have our first one uh, expecting. Uh, oh, congratulations. Thank you so much. Very excited. That's amazing. Very, very excited. And uh, for my parents, it's their second grandchild for her parents. It's, their, it's going to be their first grandchild. Um, what was that experience like for you? Again, like becoming a mom and, you know, you and your husband, I'm sure brought you so much great joy as parents. And, you know, when you think about the world we live in, and when you think about just how it's changed, even since we were, were kids, um, you know, growing up in, you know, previous decades, not to, you know, uh, date date ourselves or our age but what, <laughs> yeah. what was what are those conversations like or you know when you think about you know raising your kids um or and what was it like you know when you became parents for the first time what was that experience like because it's it's relationship building for the moment you know the kids arrive and your your parents that's a different yeah. type of you know relationship that you're you're building in your life it is a hundred percent um it is Everybody always says to me, it's funny, they're like, well, what's the, the greatest transition? Like from, you know, is it from one to two? Is it from two to three? You know, and I'm like, no, 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 it's from zero to one. Like that is the greatest transition that you go through because all of a sudden it's not, it's not all about you or all about you and your spouse anymore. Like it's really all about your kids. Like that's what happens. Um, and you, you, you will soon learn. And, you know, I'm so excited for you and your wife, but like those first few days are, they're just, they're amazing. Like, and, and like, take the time to soak them in. I mean, honestly, like that's, that's like the greatest thing that I could ever say is like, 
really just like soak in those first few days because um, they're just so special. Honestly, they really are. Um, and, and then I think, you know, as, do you know if it's a boy or a girl? We're waiting to. I love that. Yeah. It's a surprise. For, yeah. For the it's first one, we wanted to wait to yeah. delivery. Yep. And so we waited with all of ours. We, um, I just felt like there's not that many great surprises in life and <laughs> I wanted that to be a surprise. So, um, so I love that. I think that's awesome. Um, but, but I just think that like, at, you know, as your son or daughter like continues to grow and you get to, to learn more about them and to know more about them and, um, you know, what kind of makes them tick and what they love and like who they are becoming. Cause like part of it's just there, like it's, it's just the way that like God made that person. Right. Um, and so like, that's what I find to be so like, so incredible like on that parenthood journey is um is trying to 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 shape someone who in some ways already formed right like we're all beautifully and wonderfully made so um you know to to shape that person to be the best person that he or she can be um that to me is like and to to steward them for certain time like that's what we're asked to do as parents um and so um it's a challenge <laughs> no doubt about it Garrett it is definitely a challenge like there are days that are you know the days are long the years are short the days are long that expression definitely holds true um but gosh like what an honor that is for you know for my husband and I for you and your wife and um you know for anyone who has, has a child that, that they can, you know, whether it's biological or adopted or whatever, you know, like all of it, like, I just feel like that's such a privilege and an honor. And, um, we learned so much about ourselves through our kids. <laughs> well, I was going to ask that, uh, next question. So it's ESP, I would imagine, but <laughs> I was going to say becoming a parent, you know, for you and your husband becoming parents, and you may have already answered this already, but uh, just to ask you, you know, directly, like, what has it taught you as a person? Like, you know, your strengths, you know, your weaknesses, you know, your vulnerabilities, or I'm sure a lot can come to mind. But you know, what what do you think matters to you as you, know, you can turn those weaknesses into strengths and mm -hmm. you know those vulnerabilities are not so much of vulnerabilities anymore because you know the security of knowing that hey I'm gonna be a really good parent you know I'm I'm doing all the right things and you know, my, you know for you and your husband you're doing all the right things um nobody's we perfect. hope of course, <laughs> sure, of course of course you know parents are not perfect or people are not perfect and you know you learn as parents but you know, from what have you learned so far? And it's a part of the relationship building process. Yeah. Well, I think any parent will tell you, you learn patience. So, I mean, that's definitely one of them. Um, I also think that, you know, um, I, like my oldest is very, very persistent. And so, um, which is a wonderful trait. It's also difficult to parent at times. Um, and so it's trying to 
channel that in a good way. And so that, you know, he can use his persistence in, in a positive direction. Right. Um, and so, um, so I think, you know, certainly patience, uh, applies to all of the above. Um, but I also think that, um, when we, you know, when we look at our kids and like see a reflection of ourselves, like with, with Mac, my oldest, like that persistence in, in some ways it reminds me of me, right? Like right. my mom will tell a story about, and this is again, showing my, our age, I guess, or my age, but you know, all I wanted to do was take horseback riding lessons. And so I would go home and I would like pour through the yellow pages and be like, there's a place here and there's a place here and there's a place here and there's a place here. And what about this place over here? And like, I did this for months until like she finally relented and said, okay, <laughs> we'll sign you up to try to take riding lessons. So like, I see that now in, in my oldest son, right? And so I think those are the ways in, in which like, we, we do see a reflection of ourselves in them. Um, and, and I think we also learn so much just about the idea of, of serving and how important that is, right? Like for us to recognize that, and that doesn't mean like, you know, you can sit on the couch and I'm going to hand you your food every day at night. Like right. <laughs> there's, there's some growth that requires there as kids get older, but you know, when you first bring home this baby, um, they, they can't do anything. Like it's all on you to, to take care of them and serve them and grow them and, and, and all the different ways in which you have to. And you learn so much about yourself, I think through that process and, and I do think like within our family, what, what we talk about and what my husband and I really um, emphasize is, is the core values. Like, you know, what's important to us? What do we want our family to look like? And, and like, who do we want our kids to be? Like, what are the attributes that we think are important, right? So, you know, we talk about building good character. We talk about compassion. We talk about um, caring for others. We talk about commitment. Um, you know, all those kinds of, of things, um, you know, humility, grace, like, gosh, that's like another thing that like parenthood certainly teaches you is you, like, I, it's important like to say to my kids, like, okay, I, like, I messed up today. Like this was not like the best version of me. And so, you know, I, and I do that like with them just so that they recognize that, um, you know, mom and dad aren't perfect either. And we're going to have our moments. And I think it's good for them to see that we also ask for, for grace and forgiveness at times. And it's also, you know, listening to one another and understanding one another and, you know, communication is so important, even in your family. And mm -hmm. especially you know, in your family. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. And I do are you do you have siblings or are you an only child? I don't. I'm an only. So um so it's very different for me. Like, you know, I was close with my cousins growing up. So you know, I was with them all the time, but it's different obviously than than having a big family. So um, you know, so it's it's a uh, like I've, I have learned about myself, like I need to create 
my own quiet space sometimes because it serves me, which then serves my family. So, um, you know, so you'll, you'll find me running down the street somewhere trying to like, you know, find that space. And that's where I tend to find it when I'm out on a run. <laughs> but that's, that's great. That's great. Um, a couple more questions. I really have enjoyed this interview and look forward to uh, hopefully many more. Uh, what would be your favorite sports center moment? That's Ooh. something you probably have to think about, but what would be your favorite, you know, sports center moment? You know, maybe it was like, covering an actual sporting event that just happened or, you know, talking about, you know, a moment amongst your colleagues, but you know, what comes to mind? Yeah, I guess um, a couple probably come to mind. Um, I remember doing the 9am sports center um, the morning after the Red Sox won the world series, which was really cool. Like just as a, you know, Boston bred girl, um, you know, to be able to sit there the next morning and sort of bask in that was pretty amazing. Um, and, and to, to share that, cause obviously, um, you never lose your sense of fandom. Um, and that's part of what makes sports great. Uh, similarly, um, you know, being there after the Patriots won the Super Bowl and hosting NFL live. And, um, I remember doing this interview with Julian Edelman, like, you know, he was the MVP. So he was in Disney world. Cause you know, that's the, that's the thing. Um, and I remember doing the interview with him on NFL live the next day and, and just like laughing. And, um, and I had done a feature story with him as well. So I met like his whole family and all this stuff. So, um, so those, those moments definitely come to mind, um, you know, and then I think, you know, I think it's just the the different, I think so many of the moments are related to the people around you, you know, and, and that sort of goes back to the, the topic of team building that, that this space is built upon Garrett, because the moments that you feel like you really deliver something are the ones in which you, you work together as a team to, to create that, um, that lasting moment. Um, you know, I'm like, I'm always struck by, by football, right. Because it's such a team driven sport and everybody, you know, from like front office that is doing the evaluation and the drafting and the signing to the coaches who, you know, as Josh McDaniel said to me last fall, um, if I'm not getting the most out of a player, like that's on me, like that's not on the player. That's on me as a coach trying to figure out the best way to motivate and inspire and teach that individual. Um, so, so I think about, I, I think about like all, and then, and then obviously the players being able to, to have the knowledge and to execute on game day. And so you know, it's often said that football is the greatest team sport and it's for all of those reasons. Um, but you know, I, I think, I think business and life is an extension of that, you know, and like, what's the team around you and how ready are you and how motivated are you and how much can you execute? (laughs) Like that is part of it as well. So, so a lot of, a lot of it for me, like comes down to thinking about, about those times. 
Yeah, well said. And, you know, that's awesome that, you know, because you're a Red Sox fan and Patriots fan, when you speak about, you know, the Red Sox winning the World Series or getting to interview Julian Elman, I mean, those are, you know, fleeting moments, but moments that you remember because you remember how you felt and you remember the significance of that moment. And even those little moments, you know, again, help, you know, tell your story yeah. in the grand, you know, holistic, you know, way of thinking about your life. Yeah, um, I think it was, I think it's Maya Angelou who said, um, I might forget, um, and, and this isn't a direct quote, but it's somewhere along the lines sure. of, um, you know, I may forget what was said, but I'll never forget the way you made me feel. And like, I think that like emotions to your point are such a huge part of it because that is really what resonates with, with us and like stays within our memory. Um, and that we carry with us. It's it's that feeling. It's the emotion around it, as opposed to you know the the direct quote or exactly um, how something was was said or done. And when my last question would be, and I think that you could you know what you just said could be the answer to this last question. Um, and if you want to expand on it, that would be great too. But you know, any final thoughts you know from our interview today about relationship building if you were to come across someone and they asked you what relationship building means to you you know it's a great that would be a great way to you know start that answer by giving the maya angelou quote uh, what wouldn't you say yeah it's it, it's more about the way how somebody makes you feel than exactly what you say to that person and i and i think that really is at the core of relationship building because when when you recognize that you can help other people like in the in it, it it's like everything from like the littlest thing to the greatest thing right like um just holding a door for someone saying thank you smiling saying hello like you never know when like just a little thing like that can really pick somebody up who's having a bad day right, right. um and you know or you think about like going through the drive through it to get a cup of coffee and like buying the coffee for someone behind you, like not because of what they're giving back to you. It's not about what you're getting in return. It's just about like bringing somebody a smile to give them a pick me up. Um, and I think it's, it's like all the way from like doing those things, little, little things for people that you don't know to also remembering to do those things for the people who are closest to you, because I think that's really important as well, right? Like oftentimes um, it's hardest for, for us at home, right? Like we're exhausted. So, so yeah. you know, so we kind of like let it all down. Um, and and it's, it's important to, to remember it on both sides of it. And I think as long as you're putting other people before yourself in your relationships, um, gosh, you're always going to find a way to win then, right? Because you're like, you're, and you're doing, it's, it's, it's also like the manner in which you do it, I think is important. Like you're not doing it because you're hoping to get something in return. Sure. You're doing it because you genuinely want to be able to see that person be the best person that he or she can be. And, you know, if, if you look at relationships in that regard, um, gosh, I just think, you know, things come around in the, in the best of ways. Um, and, and you just, you feel so uplifted 
through through doing that right like it's better to give than receive it's exactly right and i you know we have a moral responsibility it's more than just a social obligation i mean it's a moral responsibility especially when it comes to your to your family and being that charitable type of person that you can be and charity my grandfather always said you know charity begins at home he also believed in always you know giving back and being hospitable to people who were not his family um always gracious good with kids you know i'm just referencing a, a grandfather who has since passed but you know if you are charitable at home in terms of how you you know raise a family or conduct yourself and look out look out for your family and your and your kids and be their best advocates you know and and be your best advocate and you teach them you know once they become adults that they have to be their best advocates but you have that responsibility until they become you know legal age you you have to be the voice for them and you have to steer them in the right direction you have to make sure they're always on the right track and you got to communicate with your spouse and you know always communicate and always you know be there for them and and they'll be there for you and that's the purpose of you know of marriage you know with two people you know forming a bond you know that god you know recognizes you know in the church but also the fact that you know we're fortunate because we have strong faiths and our our spouses you know um have have strong faiths so it's it's important that you know being uh faith-filled because you know that you know at the end of the day if you did the best your best is going to be good enough and you you fight for another day and you look back on all the challenging times that helped you get to where you are and where you're going to be going. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, I mean, I think like, I think about my 10 year old who's playing baseball this summer and like, you know, the question that I say to him every day is, did you try your best? Did you have fun? Like, you know, and when they're young, like that's the most important thing. Like, did you try your best? And did you have fun? Like, and as you get older, like there are going to be aspects of it that aren't fun, but like, if you are consistently trying your best and if you are finding the ways in which even when things are challenging, you can still have fun and you can still laugh, um, then, then you're growing and you're transforming. And, um, I think that's, you know, that's so much of, of what I strive to do in, in, in my house and with my kids and my husband and, um, you know, and, and like, you know, in our community and in the world and, and all of those things. And, and when you work in that way and you put relationships, um, intentionally go after them the way that, that you need to, um, to help other people, I think, um, you know, you can do really great things and that's special. Well, thank you so much, Jade. I greatly appreciate the time. I mean, a great way to conclude our um, podcast episode on the Wave Capital's guest speaker series on relationship building in a team environment. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really learned a lot and I really have enjoyed hearing about your journey and your and your story. And I look forward to staying in touch. Absolutely, Garrett. Likewise, such a, such a pleasure to be here and uh, enjoyed the conversation and I'm sure we'll have many more.
thank you so much. Uh, likewise, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. And you know, take care and have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Garrett. Take care.